our plan was to build the simplest to use tool to manage people, right? Yeah. And with that, our thinking was that our first set of customers will be small businesses, SMEs, um, people with 10, 15, 20 staff that just wanted to be more efficient with managing their people. But the reality was immediately we pushed the product to live. Our first customer was a 2,000-man company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, welcome to Growing Africa Podcast. I'm Daniel Osa Edwin, and on this show, I interview the founders, operators, and growth leaders of African startups to learn how they acquire their first 1,000 users and approach growth. For the full Growing Africa experience, visit danielose.com slash growingafrica. So we're going to start with um, an introduction of yourself. So, you know, just introduce yourself briefly for the listeners. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, my name is Sher Bandile. I'm co-founder and CEO at Paid. Uh, Paid is a software as a service company building, you know, software tools to help simplify the world of work. Right. So, um, yeah. Let me. That's that's a good enough introduction of myself, I guess. Yeah, that works. So what is paid? Um, I, I did some research. I know what paid is to, to some degree, but I want to hear it from your perspective. So what is paid and how did you get the idea to build paid? Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, so in my, in, my, in my background, I've always been in technology, right? Uh, I've been working in tech since as far back as 2011, which is when I even met my, my co-founder, Lincoln. Um, so back then we were building tools for like state governments and the federal government to do like um, different sort of different things, but it was mostly around land information, land information system. So we worked with parastatals or NDAs like um, the Ministry of Lands and Environment, the AGs, Abuja Geographic Information Systems, to just build applications that helped them manage all of those records that we were creating back then. And then sometime around 2014, I moved back to Lagos and then, you know, I started working in tech. So I went from Deal Day to VConnect to Yes Mobile, which was later acquired by Udala and then Konga. And, you know, my experience across all of these organizations was just, you know, there was some type of disengagement from the employee to the employer perspective. So it was just mostly about a job for the employees who just went, did their work and went home. So initially my my thinking back then was to build like actual employee engagement um, products, right? That just helped the employer and the employee have a closer, more tight-knit relationship. Um, mm-hmm. well, after doing some research and on a trip back to Abuja again, myself and Lekos sat down and, you know, we thought that, okay, I think the first place would be to help the um, employer manage the employee and his information and everything concerning him um, in like a, you know, easy to use application like HR software. Yeah. So our mission then now became to build the most simple and easy to use um, HR application because all the HR applications that in the market in that time were just boring to use. Nobody ever wanted to go to his Microsoft Microsoft Dynamics Nav or SAP 
um, accounts to do anything. It was just, okay, the organization uses this. So we wanted to create something that the employees will also be happy to use as well as the employer. So um, that's how we you know, that's how we came up with the idea for paid. And in itself, at the beginning, it was just a very simple tool that helped um, businesses like onboard or hire people and, you know, put them into this box and then manage all of their information. And then when you go to time um, that you need to pay them, you can pay them from that application. And um, you can also do all the other things that concern managing an employee. That was what it was back then in 2020, early 2021. But now it has, you know, really developed into a real ecosystem of people operations management, right? Where Mm -hmm. you can do everything that helps you manage your employee's life cycle. And now we're also now doing things that help the employees also kind of live better, right? Live their best lives via the, you know, salaries and the wages that they earn. So we're... You know, also layering on top of that, like financial services that help employees get better with their pay. I mean, that's that's quite the evolution. Yeah, and uh, and it sounds like you've been, you know, you've been around town. Yes, so I've been around. <laughs> cool. I think that's that's really cool, actually. So, when did you officially launch Paid, and um, how many users do you currently have? I, I understand that you, you are, it's a B two B product. Mm-hmm. And then you made me understand how you know your customer base relates relates to several indirect users as well. Like that. So like how many users do you have currently in from both perspectives? And when did you officially launch paid? Yeah. Our real life launch date was some sometime sometime in June of 2021, right? So mm-hmm. we're just about two years old. Um mm-hmm. We were existing before then, but we were just like really stealth based, just, you know, managing like one or two customers and using that to learn user behavior. And then we relaunched the actual product that we're using today on the, in June of 2021. And um, how many users? Yeah, so back then, like I said, <laughs> we were just operating with like two or three customers. And okay, so the real story is that, you know, like I said, our plan was to build the simplest to use tool to manage people. Right, and with that, our thinking was that our first set of customers would be small businesses, SMEs, um, people with 10, 15, 20 staff that just wanted to be more efficient with managing their people. But the reality was, immediately we pushed the product to live. Our first customer was a 2,000 man company, um, <laughs> so it was a big, big departure, big shock for us. We weren't mm-hmm. expecting that, so the first six months we were just really, you know, we're buried in, you know, customer feedback and expectations and work. So we just stopped talking to any other person and just focused on that customer and use that experience to really, really mature the product. And the result of that now becomes what we have today that is able to cater to all different types of customer profiles, whether you have only 10 staff or whether you have 5,000 staff. Do you get what I mean? So, yeah. So um, that was, you know, how we develop the product that we have today. And today we've grown, um, we're close to about 100 companies now. Uh, we expect to end the year with around 120 to 130 um, customers, given our current rate. And these 100 customers are currently managing around 10,000 employees. In fact, 12,000 employees across these organizations. Um, so yeah, these 12,000 people interact. We help them receive their salaries. 
we deliver their pay slips to them, you know, we help them manage their time on and time off requests, we manage their onboarding, how they get information from their organizations, how they give information to their organization, and, you know, a bunch of other things, right, that they do via the software. Yeah. Wow. That, that is, I think that is what people would call a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Getting that, that uh, uh, company that came in with 2,000 users yes. at once. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so would, it, would you call that company your first customer or you want to go with the ones that we are, when you were in stealth, the ones you are working with? They were our first customer. They were our first customer because they are still with us mm-hmm. today. Okay, cool. So how did you get them? I mean, like, how did they come into your, discover your products and became, uh, became oh, okay. Yeah, in fact, I think our first, maybe around 20, 25 or 30 customers were just um, me talking to people, <laughs> telling them about what I'm doing, you know, people in my personal networks. And then, you know, creating like a network effect, right? Share knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who needs this product, right? So how we got the first customer was, you know, it was back, you know, I mentioned I worked in Deal Day. And Deal Day was one of, one, you know, one of the best co-location of really smart people that I really, that I ever worked with. And then, you know, after, you know, whatever happened to Deal Day, everybody had gone on to do different things in their career. So my first port of call when we started to build was to go and talk to every HR person that I knew in all these companies that I worked with. You get what I mean? So mm-hmm. I just went back into my contact list and started going through to say, okay, who works in HR? Who works in HR? Who works in HR? And I found a girl, the, the lady who was our uh, HR person at Deal Day when I left. And I told her. And she said, oh, she would like to see it. And then we did a call. I showed her what I was building. And then she said, okay, no problem. This is nice that she was going to tell people in her network. And I think about three weeks after that or four weeks after that, somebody just texted me. Again, this person was somebody who worked with me in um, Deal Day. And he said, hey, Shay, Bimbo, that's the lady, um, said you are building something in HR. That Can I see it? I was like, absolutely, why not? So <laughs> we started talking. We did the first demo, second demo, third demo. By the time we met their HR director and um, I think some COO at their organization, they were like, um, we, we think we like you guys. We like where you are at. You guys seem really teachable. And um, <clears throat> they are very happy to support indigenous businesses building really cool stuff. So they took a chance on us. They paid us $4 million naira, um, for an annual contract. And we will take off from there. That must have felt like a... Like a um it was a, what was the word for it now? It was a Strong very mission. Yeah. We, so the, yes. In fact, my co-founder was so surprised as in, I can still remember the day we received the first um, 50% payment, right? So I just <laughs> sent to him that, ah, I'm a guy, they still don't pay us. So it's like, wow. So somebody <laughs> paid us. We just built out of the new. It was so crazy. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's been a great experience since then. Awesome. And congratulations. Then. I mean, you. I know you're reliving the story right now. So congratulations yeah. again. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, so was it that same strategy that took you to like, you know, all the way to the, this um, hundred that you have now? No, not just that. So, yeah, like I said, um, like the first 20 guys was, okay, um, like that network effect of introductions, right? Okay, what are yeah. you doing? Talk to this guy, talk to this guy. Well, you know, we needed to grow faster than that, right? So we decided to start doing 
I'm by nature a sales and marketing guy. So okay. it was very easy for me to start to replicate that across, you know, the little organization that we're building. So I brought in a couple of guys and sold the vision to them because you have to believe in what you're selling. And, sure. um, you know, we started to do direct sales. So our job, and that's still a big, you know, that's about 60 to 70% of our customer acquisition today, direct sales. We go, we talk to people, um, maybe attend some seminars, attend um, what you call um, all these events like uh, uh, HR events. So they do events and stuff. So you go, you talk to people, talk to them about what you do. And then also like we do some type of email marketing to find people looking for our type of product. And uh, that's been mostly what has been responsible for our growth. Solid, solid. I know B2B, we always, we always demand sales. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you um, identify, you know, the ideal customer profile, you know, at that very early stage when you just launched? Because I know you said something about, you know, initially you thought we were building for people with smaller, with a smaller workforce, mm-hmm. but I mean, you were caught by surprise. So how did, how were you able to identify who the ideal people for your product mm-hmm. are? Yeah, so first of all, we're still early. We're still very early. 100 customers is where we're trying to go. We're trying to get to 100,000 customers. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, what, what, we, what we know is, so in the, in the early days, right, our idea was to build as many possible modules as possible within the world of people operations. So we had a lot of, Modules we had asset management, disciplinary management. There was payroll performance, um, you know, announcement surveys. There was just so much in there. And the reason why we were building all of that was we didn't know what was the biggest pain for the customer. Um, so you know, when we just go into a demo, we tell them everything that they have that we have, and then they'll be like, "Ah, okay, yes, we're going to sign on because you guys have this, right?" And then we use all the other stuff, right? So basically, we just charge them the same thing for everything. Yeah. Um, but later on, as we now, you know, advanced in our journey, we now decide, we now started to see the pattern of, um, because in some way, shape, or form, customers don't exactly know what they want, right? And that's, a, you know, I say that, you know, with a lot of caution. Sometimes as a B2B um, software and service company, you need to be able to properly diagnose the problem of the customer and find a way to apply your solution to the root causes rather than fringe problems, right? So mm-hmm. as time went on, we decided we started to discover that, okay, um, at its core is that I want to manage all of this employee's information and I want to be able to pay him, right? Yeah. Um, I want to be able to pay him fairly, right? So... Um, performance, for instance, the reason why people want to do performance is that they want to be able to justify certain things, um, whether this person needs a promotion, he needs to be trained, or he needs to be ready for it, or whatever. It's all, at the core, is how do I compensate this guy fairly, and also grow my business, right, from a people perspective. So, what we began to do was, we began to crystallize a lot of our modules into, um, you know, like, more solution-driven um, software. You get what I mean? Rather than just yeah. tools that you can use to do and do a lot of stuff. 
So um, in, in, yeah. to answer the question how we found our ideal customer profile was just by um, talking more and more to the customer, right? And trying to identify root causes rather than just um, feature requests, right? So if somebody says, I want to be able to do X and Y, we'll sit down with them and say, why do you need to do that? What exactly are you trying to achieve? So we do a lot of interfacing, we do a lot of talking with our customers, webinars, even visits and stuff, um, and try to apply our solution to root causes. And um, the ideal customer profile where we are right now is, you know, when you have 10 employees, it's still okay. The, the commercial sense, you, 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 at the back of your mind, you try to justify the commercials and say, okay, do I really need to pay for software to manage this workforce? Yeah. Uh, except you are like a really forward-thinking organization. Um, yeah. But you know, when it starts to get to 25, 30, 40, you know, 50 and beyond, then those are our guys. They desperately need us. Mm, that makes sense. So um, I'm curious to know, what what did you try, you know, in terms of customer acquisition now and um, at that early stage that actually failed? Oh, good question. Advertising. Mm. Digital advertising. It didn't work <laughs> because, um, you know, again, if you are trying to be a solution driven, um, you know, organization or product, um, there's only so much you can fit into an ad, right? Or a digital ad. Um, a lot of the digital marketing that is done is mostly trial, trial and error, right? We haven't really figured out, you know, proper targeting. Yeah. And, you know, as a tiny organization, you're not going to outspend the guys who are, you know, giving proper money to Google and Facebook and co. So your advertising is not going to be as optimized as you want it to be with your, you know, $10, $10, $50 budget. So um, so you just, you know, put a couple of proposition value props together into your design or your mm-hmm. messaging and put it out there. Yeah, you will get some attention, but... Um, it's just it's, it's people that are not at the bottom of the funnel. They are just like top of the funnel. People just looking around, yeah. trying to, you know, all of that. exploring so, whatever. Exactly. But I think that digital advertising will still work um, when you begin to, you know, when you grow your business to a point where you need to really expand your top of the funnel and say, okay, I need you know one million people or eyeballs on this message, and then from there we yeah. begin to put them down the funnel. Um, but as a very, very early stage organization or product, you just need to go out on the road and find the people by yourself who need your, who need your stuff. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> good old code, code DMing and, and, yes. and one-on-one things. Phone calling, knocking on people's doors. Hey guys, mm-hmm. what's up? How do you do yep. this? Yeah. That makes sense. So would you say paid has achieved PMF currently? Uh, we're just about, right? We're just about getting there, right? So fortunately for us, and again, you know, I always, I've always done business in areas where there's competition. So we're not a, we're not a ground breaker, right? We're not the first to do what we're doing. So, you know, yeah. um, what you, what you just need to know is that in this industry that you want to operate, do you have some value that you can provide to the users over what yeah. is currently available, right? So that's how we operate. Mm-hmm. So yes, people 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 find us for certain parts of our value proposition. And um um you know 
So the reason I said this is that PMF is not is not a we're not creating new behavior, right? We are just mm-hmm. providing solutions to existing problems. So the market is there. We just need to find, you know, fine-tune the product to exactly what we want to do and then fit it. Yeah. So you just need like to, to solidify that edge you have on the market. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So um what's your current retention rate? And how do you generally approach, you know, user retention? Yeah, so we are a very customer-focused organization. In fact, mm-hmm. the only days we have bad days in the office is when, you know, a customer is less than satisfied with any of our products, right? So um, we are very, just like I said, we sit, we are very close. We don't, we're not far at all from our customers. We're always talking to them. We're always listening. We're always opening on feedback channels. Tell us what's up. We stay very, very close. Um um, in fact, prior to this year, we were a zero churn organization. Everybody who signed up with us always stayed with us. But this year, we've experienced a little bit of churn, maybe around two to three percent of our entire um, customer base. And um, even those people that churn, uh, you know, we still feel like you know, once certain things are solved, we can get them back. Um, yeah. So our approach to user retention is just to ensure that, you know, the success of the customer is paramount in our minds and we ensure that we do whatever it is we can to make sure that people are having a great time using our product. Mm-hmm. Lovely. I think most, most people underrate the the uh, value of, like, an excellent customer service. Yes. It's, it's the key. It's the key to everything. It's the key to retention. And then, you know, retention is a big part of your growth as well, so... Yeah, um, totally agree. Yeah. yeah. So how do you, you know, stand out from your competition? You mentioned just now that you have, you, you operate in a very competitive landscape, and I, I totally agree with that. So how do you, you know, position yourself differently from the competition? Yeah, man, it's, 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 just, it's just these things I've said now, which is basically we, now we've, we've, we've kind of realized what we are best at, Right. And yeah. pardon me if I if I don't say it on this podcast, right? It's just we know what we are best at, and then we are kind of like honing down on that particular area and say, okay, in the world of people operations management or HR, right? There are multiple problems. Some people want to solve this and that and that and that, but we have found a key area that is largely unsolved, and yeah. we are doing our best to you know just like land and expand in that area so that you become the mm-hmm. go-to guy. Okay, when you want to solve this problem, just go and talk to Pete. Um, so um, that that that's one thing that we do, and of course, you know, other operational things like ensuring that um, we take customer feedback very seriously. We you know reduce our turnaround time in turning customer feedback into you know solutions, and ensuring mm-hmm. that um, you know we just we just continue to build what people want and not what we feel they want. Yeah. Yeah, that that's fine. That's fine by me, actually. Cause I understand that a magician never reveals his tricks, <laughs> so it's okay if you're not gonna say. But yeah, just that alone shows that you spend so much time understanding your customers, know where they really, really need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so what has building pay taught you about the African market thus far? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very good question. What it has taught me personally is that there's still so much to achieve. My God, we are probably only about 
we are still scratching the surface, right, in this tech industry, as popular as, as it has become, and everybody's talking about tech, I want to move into tech, I want to go into tech, and, you know, roles in tech and all of that. Um, for Africa, the opportunity is still huge. Um, you know, something as simple as payments with all the money that has been invested in it over the past 10 years, um, you know, we still don't have the simple solution to cross-border payments, for instance. And now... We've got into a time where distributed workforces are now the order of the day, right? So people are in different locations or geographies or countries working in the same organization and towards the same goal. And you need to be able to figure out how to pay them where they are, right? Um, yeah, yes, there's been a lot of investment, a lot of startups, a lot of technology companies are trying to figure out cross-border payroll, but there are still bottlenecks here and there. Um, you know, things like people operations management, things like... Um, 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 trade, even facilitating trade across Africa um, still has a lot of work, you know, a lot to be done. So um, what that has taught me or what this has taught me is that the opportunity is still huge. The Africa we see today is going to be completely different from the one we're going to see in 2025 or 2030 or 2050, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we need to, we are the ones saddled with responsibility right now. It is us who are building right now that are going to build the Amazons and Ebays and um, PayPals and all of that of for Africa, that Africa will be using in the next 20 to 30 years. Mm, that's solid. So um, what's one thing you know now that you wish someone had told you before you started being paid? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> let, me, let me be a little bit sentimental first of all you know it's two things I'll tell you two things so number one is that it's extremely hard work right extremely it's, it's, it's probably the most difficult thing that you've ever done and I don't care what you've done before um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's really really hard work to say to, to build something um, to solve customer problems sell it to those customers, get paid for it, and then, you know, repeat the process continuously until you build something big enough to be considered an investable company. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's one. So anybody who wants to start building a startup right now, you need to find bandwidth from where you've never found before. Like my former boss used to say, you need to dig into your personality, into a place you've never dug before to find the strength mm-hmm. with this kind of work. Um, it will take it will take everything from you. It will take your mental health. It will take your family time. It will take your leisure time, your social life. Um, provided you want to build something valuable, anyway. If you just yeah. want to, you know, do like inshallah and vibes, it won't take any of those things from you. Um, yeah. Nah, and, the whole thing with mental health, work-life balance. <laughs> yeah, that is also is also very fulfilling, right? Um, mm-hmm. As hard as work is, there's almost like, you know, I don't know, I've not experienced everything in the world, but one of the most fulfilling things I've felt is how people begin to rely on you and the things you've built, right? And you yeah. see how, you know, the, the, the things you've built is adding value to the lives of people. And it's a very, very proud moment for me. And you need to enjoy that journey, whether you're early stage, mid stage, late stage, or whatever. Um, I think it's very fulfilling for people to be able to say, hey, I used this thing that was created by this person um, to solve this problem in my life, and my life is better for it. 
Yeah, awesome. So uh, we are practically done. Just two questions. Um, how has the team dynamic at Spain helped drive growth so far? Yeah, so, you know, um, it, when you're early stage like us, a lot of your processes, right, or the things that you do and the company that you build, it feeds off from the personality of the founders, right? Yeah. Um, and you need to be conscious of that from day one, that, you know, your team, the day you, the day you frown, you know, they, they know it, they can feel it, they can, they can feel the energy. The day you are happy, they can feel that as well. The day you feel motivated, they also feel motivated. So first things first, your personality impacts the organization you are building. So if you want a positive team dynamic, you have to maintain a positive and, you know, effluent um, personality that helps you achieve the kind of work that you do. I've spoken to founders who say they believe that um, results are achieved when there is tension. And um, I've also seen founders who believe that, you know, when people are, you know, at their best in terms of their own mental energy and, you know, vibe, um, they also achieve um, better results. So whatever kind of work that you are trying to create, you need to be aware of it from day one and um, ensure that you are currently are constantly investing into that kind of dynamic to ensure that you reach the goals that you want to reach. Mm. Makes sense. So what do you need right now at paid? Are you hiring? Are you raising? Are you liaising? Are you looking for partners? What do you need right now in case there's someone in the audience who can, you know, help? Yeah, we're doing all of that. So we're hiring across several roles, you know. We're always hiring salespeople, uh, people who help us, you know, grow. Um, so, you know, if you're in tech sales, finance, um, you know, uh, customer success, you can always reach out to me on Twitter or, you know, reach out to send us an email. Um, and then, of course, we're also constantly raising. I, like somebody told me, there's a man called um, Toby Davis. I was in a meeting with him once, and he was like, if you're a startup and you are not raising, then you are dying, <laughs> right? Startups are always raising money. So we're currently raising money. So if you're looking to invest in one of the fastest growing companies in Africa, um, you can reach out to me and um, get the conversation going. Cool. So how can people reach you? And that's like what we're closing with an email address or a Twitter handle. How can people reach you? My name is Shedele, S-E-Y-E-D-E-L-E on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is the easiest place to reach me, to be honest. That's where I spend most of my time when I'm not working. Um, So yeah, just follow me, give me a shout out, give me a tweet, give me a DM, anything. Uh, I'm very active. I'll respond. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. This was was fulfilling. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Growing Africa. I hope you were able to learn a few things from our chat. Check the description of the episode for some of the important information we covered during the session. And make sure to subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening on. On the next episode, I'll be here with amazing people from another startup doing amazing stuff in Africa. Till then... Please share this episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. And if you would like to get on the show or introduce me to someone who should be on the show, please send an email to hi at danielloset.com. And don't forget, for the full Growing Africa experience, visit danielloset.com slash Africa. Till the next episode, keep building and keep growing.